and welcome to another phase. I'm your host, Tamara Dreesen, and in this week's episode, I'm talking all about the dark feminine, Lilith, sexuality and astrology with Shade, also known as the astrology vixen. I'm going to keep this intro short and sweet because I actually explain why I was so excited about having Sade on the podcast like during the conversation. But basically, I love the work that she's doing and how she's all about reclaiming your power and just the way that she presents it in such a down-to-earth way. You'll see exactly or hear exactly what I mean when you listen to this conversation. I really enjoyed recording this with her, but I think I actually loved listening back to it even more because I could fully absorb some of the things that she was saying or maybe it was because I needed to hear what she was saying in this moment. Do you ever get that with books or films that you've really enjoyed and then you reread or rewatch them and there are parts that just blow you away and it's as if they're like brand new because they didn't catch your attention in the same way previously? This episode was like that for me. I feel as if so much of what Sade says in this episode is a pep talk and permission slip to be unapologetically your authentic self. And I really hope that you feel that too as you listen to this. Shade, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. Um, So one of the reasons why I was like, oh my God, I've got to have Shade on was because I did your, I can can never remember the words the right way around, but like Lilith, Pleasure and the Shadow Workshop. And what I really loved was that you kind of offered that kind of like the option of like doing the workshop, but also like the one-to-one. And I loved the workshop. That was really interesting. But the work the one-to-one was like what really I was like oh my god I got so much out of it I mean like you always do out of a one-to-one anyway yeah. don't you yeah but I really it, like I find I've interviewed a few astrologers for the podcast before but what I love about astrology and astrologers is that they all have their own like kind of niche yeah and they're they like it's everyone does it in such a unique way and they kind of like hone into a specific area and mm. I love how you're kind of like Lilith is your is your thing isn't yeah, it it's my job book like <laughs> you've written a book about it and like that's your thing yeah yeah so and the reason there's so many reasons why but the first one is because she is literally holding hands with my son in my birth chart mm-hmm. um, and also my Venus. So she's literally in my relationships. She's in my identity. She literally walks with me how I even crystallize who I am and my form in this lifetime. And also I've been raised by two strong Lilith women, you know, my mum, my grandma. Mm-hmm. And those two women basically did the impossible they broke boundaries, they create their own rules. And I think that is a part of that dark feminine Lilith type of energy. So I've always been around it since birth and it's just shaped who I am and it's now in my work and I'm able to help empower others um, to really, you know, get in touch with their inner Lilith, their inner dark feminine and not being afraid of their power because Lilith is all about power. I love that. And like for anyone that is like, if how would you sum up to Lilith to someone that's never heard heard about it Lilith is a plat asteroid yes yes different forms of Lilith but with even her 
backstory with mythology. She was said to be Adam's first wife and mm -hmm. not him. But because Lilith wasn't going to lay down under Adam during sexy time, <laughs> basically she left the Garden of Eden slash got kicked out of the Garden of Eden and did her own thing. And so many different like spin-offs is that she turned into a demon um she made demon babies but I also have to remember as well like the people reading the text had a very patriarchal lens mm -hmm. right so did she turn into a demon or was <laughs> it empowered you know yeah. like what's the thing and also what's really fascinating is that Adam and Lilith they were both made from the mud right and Lilith has equal power to Adam but Eve was made from Adam's rip so she's always going to be that submissive type of person. Mm. Lilith was like, I'm a whole. So yeah. I have to use my voice. And if you don't like it, then sorry. We just wow. split two ways. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess that's the thing. Like what I think a lot of people don't realize with astrology is that, yeah, it's about the planets, but each planet has a, a mythological association. Yeah. And that's what brings it to life. And that's what helps you see that archetypal energy of what that means. It's not just Venus is like love and beauty or like Jupiter expansion. There's also a myth that goes behind that that helps us see that more. Definitely. And also, I think people forget there's a shadow with everything and mm -hmm. every plan and every story. Um, and for me, I think as an astrologer, it's important that I integrate all of those holistic wholeness pieces so we could get the bigger picture so that we don't be tunnel vision in the love and light because <laughs> you know I love the shadow and understanding our darkness yeah. in order to really step into our wholeness but yeah I think it's important that we remember all sides yeah and that's the thing I think so many people are scared of their shadow and like even I know sometimes when people come for a tarot reading with me that some people could be really apprehensive because they're like what is it what if you see something really bad about me what if you you know and it's not so much like there's something necessarily bad's going to happen but it's that fear of that shadow and that thing that we haven't accepted of ourselves and it's like no you are like it's not we all have that that fear that yeah. we're going to be caught out <laughs> at some point <laughs> and we've up because of our shadow and the different experiences that I have we I have or we've had <laughs> but I think that it is like you said it's about working with the shadow and, yeah. and making friends with it and making peace with it and actually using that as your like Lilith power yeah exactly babe like we have to step into our darkness or into the void so that we could understand the intricacies of who we are if we're always basking in the light you know it's just not gonna happen and <laughs> I think also it takes bravery it takes courage but also understand you know in the 3d world that we live in we are always celebrated to, to live an ego, to do things first. We're not celebrated to, to go into renewal mode, introspective mm. mode. And I definitely feel like, you know, in, even in the class, I mentioned around 3000 BC, the solar tribes started to take over and dominate goddesses and goddesshoods. And because of that, we are, we've become so disconnected from our inner goddess. Mm -hmm. And I think that's directly related to our moon energy, you know, the softest part of ourselves. Mm. Um, so yeah, all of those aspects are so key. Was it, were you learning about astrology and then you learned about Lilith or did you learn about Lilith and then get into astrology? Astrology, then Lilith. Yeah. yeah. And then when I was really digging into my chart, I was like, oh my God, like Lilith aspects, most of my plants in my birth chart. 
But then the more I understood her story, I was like, wow, I really do genuinely feel like I'm always living by my own rules. I've always done that. I've never really cared about other people's opinions of me. I've always like going against the grain. I've always taken myself out of my own comfort zone. So yes, it's scary. I still feel all those human emotions, but something has kept propelling me to just do it and be daring and risk it. And like, whatever happens, I'm going to be held. I'm going to be caught, you know? Um, And yeah, I think that's part of the creative process in general, really. Well, um, I've got two questions. I'm like, like, which one do I ask first? Do you think that that was modeled, that you have that kind of unapologeticness to you because that's been modeled to you by your mum and your grandmother? Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, Like, I know, I know. I'm honestly, I'm just so happy that they've honestly always said I could do and be whatever I wanted to be, no matter Mm. what job I wanted to do. They would support me in anything that I wanted to do as long as my heart was in it, as long Mm. as I was invested in it, Mm. and I could make it work. And I have, you know, and babe, I would not have told myself 10 years ago that I was going to be an astrologer. No way. No way. <laughs> what did, 10 years ago, what did you think you would be doing 10 years ago? Marketing. Really? Yeah, marketing. And just different little, you know, synchronistic moments along my journey, the people I've met, I've, I've made it here. But I will definitely say, though, it happened through trial and error. It happened to listening to my intuition always. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, that bold piece. I can be bold because I have my sovereignty and that's mm. a piece as well. I love that so much. I feel like so many people are going to be listening to this, like feeling like really inspired and like pumped up. <laughs> oh, like, yeah, so. like I think it'll be a real like, expander for people just hearing that. Like, what, so what is like your sun rising and moon signs? So my sun is Aries, which is ruled by Mars. Uh, yeah. My rising is Pisces. And my moon is Aquarius. Okay, so we're so, similar, aren't we? Like I'm Aries, yeah. Sun, Aquarius, Moon as well, but I'm Libra rising. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like our top three are very like random, but they obviously <laughs> work. But it's just like this is interesting. <laughs> yeah. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they they like ask their guests like what their astrological profiles are. And she was like, oh, that's a good one. And like, that's a really good, and it's like, but I think that all of them are good. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's awesome. not like, oh, she's got all Leo or she's got a bit of this and she's got a bit of each three element, like a balance of three different elements. It's like, I don't think that any is better or worse. Exactly, babe. I'm so thankful that you mentioned that because again, I think that's the whole love and light piece. Again, like that kind of way of thinking it could leak into anything that mm-hmm. we leak into these divination practices in our personal lives. But I also feel like even when it comes to um, astrology on Twitter, I think that has kind of fueled that good and bad thing, especially mm. like you heard about Gemini's catch of the heat, Scorpio <laughs> catch, like all of these things feel that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but I think as like you said, like with all the memes that are out there, like, I know some people say, oh, well, it's just kind of like infantile, playing down, like it's not making astrology, uh, it's playing it down to like how the potential of what it is. But also, I guess in some ways, it's helping people understand themselves on a very fun base level. And it's an access point. 
And also like, oh, because I think one of the things that I find so powerful about astrology is that it is a tool for self-awareness. And when we recognize something in ourselves, whether, I don't want to say whether it's good or bad, but when we just notice something about ourselves, then we can work with it, whether it's nurturing it, amplifying it, soothing it, whatever that is, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And I feel like astrology, it gives you that lens and that tool to do it. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a lifetime study. It's not a cookbook. It's not, I read one book on astrology and I know <laughs> it all. It's, <laughs> it's lifetime work, you know. And one of my favourite astrologers, Stephen Forrest, he's been in this work for decades. And even his practices are still unfolding. Right? Mm-hmm. Because as humans, when we think of how complex we are, right, that's as, as complex astrology is. And Again, we could delve into this as well, but like there's so many different uses of astrology. Yeah. But again, it all stems from self-awareness. And it's what you do with it as well. It's so easy to cherry pick and be like, oh, I'm like this. So, and use it as an excuse as well for being, not taking responsibility for yourself. It's like, oh, well, I'm like this. It's just like, yeah, but maybe that there's something to be worked with there as well. Yeah, like even the parts, you know, that we quote unquote don't like about ourselves, the rejection piece, which is also Lilith's story because essentially she was rejected out of the Garden of Eden. Mm. So a part of her story is accepting the rejected parts of ourselves because if we don't, it feeds our shadow. It it feeds into that and we project it onto other people. Mm -hmm. So we all have to take, you know, that accountability to heal ourselves because we heal each other during mm. that. And I think it's so powerful. Yeah. I've just been reading a book called Codependent No More, which is all about codependency, obviously, mm. due to, like against the title. Um, but in that, um, I th- think the author's like called Melody or Melody something. Uh, yeah, Melody BT, I think. And like, she's like talking about like how we need to kind of like, when you're codependent, like you're always trying to look after other people, but that's not actually necessarily what's helping them. You're mm-hmm. just enabling that behavior and that that pattern that's going on. Um, and you're not taking responsibility for yourself. You're, make, you're being more responsible for someone else than you are for your own needs and actions and all of that. Yeah, that uh, is so true, babe. Yeah, like that responsibility piece it's like you're doing it for yourself, but you're definitely healing other people by taking yeah, that. That's what I mean. Yeah. It's just crazy. But again, this is how we're all interconnected with each other. We're not mm. separate. Yeah. You know? um, and again, if we see each other as a global family more so, then I think it's even more reason to heal thyself, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I guess like you said, that that's Lilith's medicine, isn't it? be unapologetic work through that shadow because I guess can you I wonder how she felt like when she was kicked out of the Garden of Eden do you think she was like did you do you think she do you think she cried about it do you think she was angry about it or do you think she was like see you later I'm better than this anyway (laughs) I think all of those things I think definitely angry definitely Mm. angry and you know even emotion anger as an emotion it all just feels back to, I just feel hurt. Mm. I just feel hurt. You know, anger is just a byproduct of that. Mm-hmm. But I definitely feel like she felt all of those things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you could have had all of this, like, flicking her hair. You know, like, even though it's been, I feel for you, Eve. Like, good luck. <laughs> 
good luck. You can deal with him. Yeah. Out of here. Peace. You know, like. It is like so interesting to like see how how it plays out. And because also Lilith. So Lilith is like Black Moon Lilith as well. That's what I focus on. Yeah. Black, Black Moon Lilith. Yeah, and for me, especially in the birth chart, especially when I was looking at yours, not mm-hmm. to go too much detail, but you have a lot of Lilith energy in your chart as mm-hmm. well. And I feel like even being a quote-unquote mystic woman, that is an archetype of Lilith, mm-hmm. you know? Being outside of the confinements of the matrix or outside of the rules, even as what we see with mystics, the persecution when we look at um, Salem and and all of these other scenarios and experiences, that's the type of Lilith experience. Mm. Um, and what I do love about Lilith is that she can come into so many different forms and roles. You know, like in the workshop, I speak about Samantha Jones from mm-hmm. Sex City, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, geishas, um, courtesans, um, sex workers, boss babes. There's so many different ways that she can really come out in human expression. Mm. And that, and like also like with everything else, like in astrology, everybody's Black Moon Lilith will be in a different sign. Yes. So it can either, yeah. it can be in any of the 12 zodiac signs. Like mine's, mine's Pisces, isn't it? Yes, yours are Pisces. I can't remember what house it was in though. I can't remember either. I don't think yeah, I Yeah, but Lilith and Pisces are the mystic ultimately, you mm. know, and is very much absorbing of the unconscious energies around you. Um, so I often say as well with people who have Lilith in a water sign is have your energetic boundaries. Mm. Um, because Pisces energy can slip between the cracks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I think I was talking to one of my friends about Lilith, uh, like Black Moon Lilith and a Lilith in our birth charts like um, last summer. And like, mm-hmm. I looked it up online. I was like, read it in, Pi- read it in Pisces. I was like, mm don't really know what that means but when I spoke to you I was like yes like <laughs> this is so me and like even like you were talking like um from one of the things that I took which I found really interesting is like our black moon Lilith can like relate to like pleasure as well and sex and like the things that we like in the bedroom yeah sensuality yeah yeah because Lilith was a very sensual goddess but even, you know, that piece of the patriarchal world that we live in, mm-hmm. the way, you know, as women, we are like put in boxes of how we should enjoy pleasure, how we should interact with desire. Mm-hmm. It feels our collective shadow of Lilith, mm-hmm. you know? Um, it's even taboo to talk about sex in general, right? If I was to scream sex in a train, everyone would look at me, why? <laughs> <laughs> Is because you know, like it is so taboo in you know, it's the collective shadow. So I think the more we're able to talk about the Lilith themes, the more we can even have healthy conversations when it comes to sex, sensuality, and pleasure in general. Mm. And you know, we don't deny it for ourselves. Um, but again, you know, taboo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But then I, I don't know why, as I can remember, like when I was at school, um, it was like a really long time ago. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but when I was at school, remember we, we used to like do post. People would do posters and like they'd be in the corridors. I remember people used to do it like they'd be like sex in big letters, and they'd be like, "Now I've got your attention!" Like, <laughs> I don't know why they were like the teachers allowed that up there. They probably weren't up there for that long, but it was enough yeah, to yeah. Be, right <laughs> remind me. But I was just like, that's just so 
clever because it, it I guess also probably for teenagers or teenagers, <laughs> that age as well yeah. in high school being like because I guess that's part of what as you're going through a teenager and adolescence that you're you're starting to get to know yourself and also ex- beginning to explore yourself sexually for a lot of people at, at that age as well exactly babe exactly I mean we think of like the collective shadow when it comes to interacting with sex it is so negative it's mm-hmm. so, it can be so dark and again I think it relates back to the piece of like us not collectively healthily talking about sex with our parents or our caregivers mm-hmm. you know sex education even back for me in school was abysmal like yeah. <laughs> didn't, wasn't talk about consent like it was just so bad mm-hmm. and again it's because oh we don't want to talk about sex if we if if even the education system has that lens, you know, like, ugh, it's difficult. It, in, in some ways, I mean, it is worrying. Yeah. Definitely. As well, because it's something that most people do. Mm-hmm. Most people, I don't speak for everybody, because there are yeah. some people that, like, aren't into it, and they're not in that space. But most people do. Most people, like, want to wanna enjoy it. Mm-hmm. more and I feel like that is also part of like human nature yeah as well them. yeah you know um and even going into the powers of sexual energy as well like when we understand the power of sexual energy I think most people can relate to it differently do you think in what way how, how would you describe the power of sexual energy and what that manifests I, I definitely see it as like a source of renewal Mm-hmm. Uh, a rebirthing um and I definitely feel like it's sacred I feel sexual energy is sacred and it's an energy at the same time so it can trans- be transmuted and depending on how we're connecting with it it could be in the light or it could be in the dark mm-hmm. you know there's a spectrum but I think if we saw it more of a sacred energy the world will shift and change mm. and I think how powerful sexual energy is but also as you're saying I feel like there's so many more other things as well that we should be seeing as sacred and we don't it's mm. like nature so <laughs> and trees true. and the water and the ocean and yeah, the animals. Like natural human life forms or you know animal life forms and again, I think it's because of this patriarchal world has just fueled so much destruction and, you know, not given natural life and the essence of it. It's true value, mm-hmm. you know, um, but yeah, it's deep. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is like so deep. And it just, it, I, I just thinking about like how, what has been made sacred instead mm. of that. And it's just like, and we're seeing how out of balance things are. Absolutely. Very artificial. Mm. Matrix is matrixing. (laughs) (laughs) It really is like, you know, um, even looking at social media, I am not a social media person, um, but I use it for my work and obviously people as well. But even when we look at how, constructed things can be when you even look at filters and Mm -hmm. all of these things feels the collective shadow when it says like you know what you're not good enough to look how you are Mm -hmm. right you're not good enough in your natural form um and again going back to Lilith she was the naked woman she absolutely embraced every single part of her body 
confident in her body, confident in every single area of, of herself. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like my path is to keep evolving into that person, growing into that person. But it's going to take some shadow work to get there, for sure. Yeah. But I'm here to do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I feel like when you're when we're doing work like we do, like at some point, whether it's before we came into this life, or it was like we we signed up for it in other lifetimes and it's just tra- <laughs> traveled through. But in some ways, it's just like it is beyond us. And like that work, we don't have a say in it. Yes. We can't. I think even if you're not, even if you're not someone that would maybe say that you are spiritual or that you've had an awakening, things happen. If you ignore things, mm. it ha- things happen to make you do something about it you can still be like stubborn yeah (laughs) and like put your head in the sand but things happen like we're always being encouraged to grow and develop yeah I think we have I think when we're on the path that we're on um I could definitely speak for myself but I feel like it's my mission Mm. I see it as a purposeful mission and that is enough for me to be like, okay, I'm tired, but I'm going to keep on going. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to keep on doing it regardless. Because like, even like the um, messages I get about my work and me like introducing the list of people that are like, oh my God, like I just feel so much more grounded. I feel like, you know, I could accept parts of myself more. And all of these things and messages that I get is just like, okay, you're doing the work, but it's making impact. Mm-hmm. Even if one person, that's enough for me. Yeah. You know, um, I'm not here for the big audience. I'm not here for the big platforms. I'm just here to make impacts. Yeah, but it is. And also I think sometimes it is like, I get it sometimes when I'm like, why am I doing this? Right. And you know, because you're working hard and it's like, whether it's working on a book or an audio book, it's behind the scenes. No one's, no one's hearing it. And I'm battling with my shadow, trying to get over these hurdles to get it done. And having these like existential crisis of like, why, what am I doing? Like imposter syndrome, everything. And then you get that message from someone that, like oh like that like you said it's just one message yeah um but I do find actually which is really interesting when I am kind of going through a little bit of a existential crisis of like I know why I do what I do in this like you it's like I want to help I want to make a difference these things have changed my life and it's not hard for other people to learn about it they just don't know where to find it yeah one of the things that I struggled with when I first started like learning about it was how it was explained never felt that relevant a bit like when I looked up that thing for what Lilith in Pisces meant it it's not it wasn't explained in a way that made sense to me or that was relatable so I feel like my job is Mm. to work it out and then share it with people in a way that is really accessible so they get it so that they can actually do something with it because most people would just be like I don't get that like that that's that's wrong or that it's just hasn't maybe been written or explained in a way for you to understand whereas I'm just I get a bit obsessive I'm like I want to learn more about this and go down these rabbit holes and read all the books that's the moon Aquarius babe all right (laughs) (laughs) but it's like like but you even though I feel like I most of the time feel connected to my purpose like I know what I'm here to do I still have days where I'm like oh what am I doing why am I doing this does anyone is this even helping anyone and then I just get this random message from someone that's just out of the blue that says something I'm like okay that I'm listening yeah I love that honestly like if people see the grin on my face sometimes <laughs> between these messages but even going back to the piece of like the existential crisis stuff mm. I get that I get mm-hmm. that in different periods and different phases and we will because it's natural mm. um but 
I definitely think with that, it's also about understanding that you're here to make your blueprint yourself. Mm -hmm. When you really step into your Lilith dark feminine energy, you realize that you can't Google your purpose. You can't Google. And that is why it's so like, oh my God, there's no map. Yeah. (laughs) There's no map. So no, but I also feel like it's important for me to connect with other Lilith dark feminine types who you know, help affirm. I, I seek validation for myself, but of course, tribe really matters, you know. Mm-hmm. Community really matters and connect with people on a similar frequency matters. Um, but also when it comes to being that conduit to not regurgitate the information, but to change its form, you're channeling. And mm-hmm. I think that's a part of our mission as well is mm-hmm. to channel things in order for different audience to receive. Yeah. Um, and again, so powerful. Yeah it is so yeah it is really powerful and I think like you said it's just also surrendering to those existential crises like it's like right this is part of the process but also I I do think it's healthy to question what you're doing obviously it's not always comfortable (laughs) (laughs) it's not always fun but I do think it's healthy to just check in it's not this like blind faith or ego of like I'm here I've got my superhero cape on and I'm gonna change the world and like you said it's so important to connect with like-minded people that are doing what you do because you can't carry all of this work on your shoulders on your own to bring it to the collective right like you can't you're just one person um and it's like allowing yourself to like vibe off of other other women other people that have got that similar interest because it's just like you're about energetically you're bouncing off and that creates an expansion in itself I think doesn't it absolutely and what I really love as well Giselle said to me the other day like we don't grow in isolation Mm, yeah well we've like we've all been in lockdown like even though I know even though I know that it's been such a transformative time for people yes like so transformative but also it we I don't know it's very hard to grow like in the um I've just recorded an episode with Semra and we were talking about lockdown and right she was working on her new oracle and she's saying like it's so hard to get inspiration if you're not leaving your house if you're not going (laughs) to the usual things and you're in that isolation I mean like I said it's like props to her for getting it done in mm-hmm. in that in that space like without the usual things I feel like that's just like a testament to how powerful this work is and that how that it needed to come through for her but Definitely. I do think like you said like and all like Giselle said like we can't grow in isolation like we need it it takes a village we need our support we need our people yeah we do and I think what is so powerful is that we can absolutely grow in isolation, you know, yeah. to a certain extent, though. Mm-hmm. There's a certain extent where it's like, okay, I need to draw in new inspiration from the people around me, from the things that I'm seeing, being out in nature. Um, but again, like, we honestly help each other grow. Mm-hmm. And I think that is actually one of my key lessons during lockdown, for sure. And um, honestly, relying on our community and leaning mm-hmm. into Mm. and going back to the existential piece and you saying about you know questioning yourself is healthy and journeying into the void journeying into the abyss is is how we initiate into new people as Mm -hmm. a new person and Mm -hmm. I think we we have different initiations and I think a part of the dark goddess story is understanding that life is a cyclical process Mm -hmm. Uh, you you begin anew and then you die in new ways and rebirth in new ways mm-hmm. and 
it's that holisticness yeah and we see that with the phases of the moon like I've written all about that in my book Luna <laughs> like it's like yeah. we need every phase we couldn't we couldn't just be in full moon abundant summer vibes all the time because it'd just be exhausting we need the other phases to kind of rest and recharge and recuperate and and get that inspiration and like then go for it and rise and kind of like go with that cycle that's yeah. part of it and your name of your podcast like yeah another phase <laughs> exactly exactly um it is so interesting and I, I just wanted to say like obviously questioning what you'll do is it's like a healthy amount don't over question it <laughs> question it like but also also just do it as well and see how it feels if it feels wrong Mm. that's when you know like the questioning is like again when we're in our heads too much but it's like just do it try it yeah otherwise you don't know don't know and one of my favorite things that one of my friends told me jasmine is ask yourself why five times okay same thing and you will literally keep going back to what it is you really want to do and if the why starts to get a little bit fuzzy and a little bit yeah maybe you need to like rejig the initial yeah. initial thought but asking myself you know what is my intention of doing everything is fundamental and mm-hmm. it always has to lead back into inner power mm-hmm. not doing anything because oh it looks this way or oh it's trending or oh like you know like it has to always come from within yeah, it, it makes such a difference though. But it's also trial and error. You've got to do that thing. Like you've got to do that thing because you want to do it and it's coming from within and you've got to do that thing because you think you should. <laughs> That's it. And try it on for sight and see how it feels. See what the outcome's like. Um, there's no right or wrong, but I think that so many of us lean into what we should because we're so worried about what other people think or we're just settling and we don't try the other option that's coming through. And like... I was listening to um, a podcast and I can't remember the person's name, but she was saying how if you say you don't know what your purpose is, you're lying. You're just Mm -hmm. denying it. She's like, everybody knows what their purpose is. Everybody knows what they're here to do. They just, they go into, we're either scared of it. Again, it's probably like a Lilith thing to work through. Mm we're denying it because again the shadow is like I'm not good enough or like that can't like I can't do that or that's not a thing um like that's not a thing where's like (laughs) what is even is that um or we just play something something that we're really good at we play it down yeah and and where it's just like but that is your gift and it helps so many people yeah and And like honestly babe I got to the point where I had to say, you know what, I'm being selfish with not sharing my gifts with yeah. the world because that means I'm taking away impact when mm-hmm. it comes to leaving a positive imprint when it comes to humanity, changing the script, you know, and we could all change our scripts. And that purpose piece, I think creativity and getting in touch with your inner child and understanding the negative self-speak that there's so many different layers to this, but Definitely creativity and inner child connects us more to our purpose and figuring that out and actually uncovering it. Because as mm-hmm. you said, always know, but it's just taking off the layers and the wrapping paper. So yeah. And for anybody that doesn't know much about inner child work, like how would you how would you recommend someone get in touch with their inner child? Ooh, that is a good question. Um, I would say for me, it's being playful. Mm-hmm. not taking myself too seriously you know 
Um, also, I would say definitely unpacking certain stories that happened in my in my childhood mm-hmm. and understanding that there is purpose in this, but also it's not my fault. Mm-hmm. It's not my fault. Yeah. And it happened. And it, yes, it has left an impact on me. But how can I retake and reclaim my power back and use my experiences in order to impact other people's lives, but also to change my own scripts? Because mm. so much, I think so much of who we are as adults is shaped by our experiences through childhood mm. and so many experiences that it's just kind of like a, 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 a I see it a bit like a sliding doors moment of like ha- the the perception that we we chose to have of that situation in that moment, then then shapes us. But if we'd have had a different perception at that time, it could have gone a, it could have gone a different way. And and that's the thing. That's why I think like just coming back to that neutrality, like that thing happened. Like yeah, it could have been really terrible and really shitty and really awful. But it's like how can you love yourself? How can you give yourself what you needed then now? yeah as the adult and really look at the inner child from that aspect what did I need then yeah. what do I what do I wish someone could have given me and it's like how can I give myself that now that reparenting piece mm. that, like I have to keep reparenting myself I will yeah you know, at 50 or whatever age like you know like having boundaries being disciplined but also ha- making time for room for joy and all of these things I think is a part of reparenting myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's a beautiful process, and mm. sometimes it's a little bit messy as well. But again, the wholeness is what we're here to do. Yeah, <laughs> and I think also sometimes, like as you get older, you start to have these experiences that you you see differently as an adult, or yeah. you end up in a similar situation, and then you're like, "Whoa, I get why my parent maybe felt like that then." So true. I think the forgiveness piece is the pinnacle piece as well, mm-hmm. but. It, I feel it is the hardest piece. Mm, yeah. Totally. Um, you know, but again, see forgiveness as extend, not just extending the olive branch, but like making acceptance, mm. making acceptance. Um, but also understanding that, you know, things might still hurt and yeah. that's also okay, you know, um, but acceptance comes with forgiveness. Mm. And I, I think like you can't also, you can't force forgiveness either. It's okay. If you're not ready to forgive, like that's okay. I feel again, that can, I think people can sometimes put pressure on themselves to be like, oh, I just got to forgive you. Like, I'm just going to move on. It's just like, if, if you're not ready, but like, how can you get to a place again of like, kind of like distance and neutrality? Um, yeah. And like, I know sometimes like with these spiritual practices so many people again it's like kind of spiritual bypassing it's like I've got to be okay with everything I've got to forgive I've got a and I think if you, yeah exactly but if you haven't I think if you haven't taken the lesson yeah and the the you're not aware of maybe like some things don't work out how we want them to and it can be again really brutal it can be horrible I think they're always un- like sometimes you gotta really dig really really deep to find it mm. but there's something in it that's giving you back your power in some way exactly that surrendering piece mm-hmm. and also the spiritual bypassing is going to feel your shadow mm. even 
for, you know, and if you, as you said, if you're not ready, you're just not ready. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's perfectly okay. But as you said, what can you do to get into a more neutral kind of energy? But I think it's important that we make every decision with truthfulness, because that is the power. That is your power is when you're living and speaking in truth mm-hmm. and things will come when it's time. Yeah. Um, it does take active work, but again, part of the process. And for anyone that is like, how do I find my truthfulness? Like, <laughs> I always like feel like, I, whenever I record these conversations, I talk, I always think like, I feel like I can hear people being like, but how do I do? Like, cause for us, we're like, yeah, just do that thing. Like, and we've got this toolkit and we're just like, it's not a thing, but I know that there will be people that are probably listening to this conversation, whether it's like this year in five years time at the perfect moment that they needed to hear it. Like, how would you guide or invite someone to find their truthfulness? Um, I would definitely say, like, be honest. Be, like, it starts with the Mm self-honesty. We can't expect honesty from other people if we're not being honest with ourselves and who we are. Um, Authenticity, you know, simply accepting all parts of your wholeness. Um, But also, sometimes it may also piss people off a little bit as well, just like Lilith pissed God Mm. off a little bit. So, you know, you just have to ruffle a few feathers along the way, but also accept that that just comes with the path. Mm-hmm. And um, that comes with really reclaiming your power and not giving it away. Mm. It's such a process as well, though, isn't it? It is. It really is. You go just to dip your toes a little bit and, you know, and then you just dip your, your leg in and then you could do, you could do it. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Imagine that you're getting in a cold, you're getting in the sea or in a cold pool, mm. but you know that it's going to feel so good when you get in there. Yes. So it's kind of like toe, get mm-hmm. that, get your ankles in and then maybe just dive. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, by stepping into your truthfulness, you're inspiring everybody around mm-hmm. you. Yeah. On- like I can't remember how that saying goes but there's always someone watching I always yeah, well we've got <laughs> there literally is now they're literally, literally. <laughs> and this literally. is us <laughs> but even in your own personal lives even if you think you're someone who you know you don't have a platform you mm-hmm. don't think you're making that much impact in the world I promise you you do in small ways and they are still essentially just as mm-hmm. big as pieces as yeah. people with bigger platforms as well mm. yeah like you said even if it's a small it it might seem small but it might just be the beginning of something massive and we're just like oh I just said that thing or like I just went for that thing and that is the catalyst for someone else to be like oh well if they can maybe I can do that or maybe not necessarily do the same thing but like step outside of my comfort zone yes we see that a lot like with kind of office or work environments like one person leaves (laughs) it's always like a flow (laughs) it's like whoa they did it like they're going for it and then it's just this like catalyst isn't it (laughs) and you know exactly that catalyst you can be the catalyst for the people around you you know taking that leap of faith Mm -hmm. I think is also a part of the journey is um and one of my favorite quotes by my grandma is walk by faith and not by sight and um yeah when we, we truly understand the power of just faith we can move mountains even in small ways. That's so beautiful. Love that. Um, so with all this, like, how does astrology help you find your truth? 
like yeah. and like how do you use astrology to like move through life yeah um I think astrology helps me understand the deeper layers of myself um understand the choices that I might make understand my unconscious behaviors as well of why I do what I do when I do it mm-hmm. um <laughs> and also you know helping me understand my identity and I think you know identity is so important because we live in a world that is just like you know carbon copies of each other whereas like your birth chart is so unique to you which means your identity you're no one else apart from yourself Mm -hmm. so embracing my uniqueness astrology has helped me with that as well Mm. um and how I use astrology in my day-to-day is um you know setting intentions around specific transits of course um but also understanding the patterns of the collective you know and with different charts you could do different predictions um and you know understanding also why people work the way that they do as well like you can have charts for business partners for relationships that help empower you and help strengthen bonds and connections as well mm. so there's so many different things you could do with astrology okay. <laughs> so many <laughs> yeah the last thing I'll say on that as well was like any limiting beliefs that I have as mm-hmm. well I'm shown that my shadow, I'm shown that in my birth chart as well. And that's why I highlighted it in my practice when I do readings with people, coaching sessions with people. Um, it's embracing the light and the shadow. And mm-hmm. I think when we're able to look at our birth charts, not just about, oh, you know, I have my Venus and da da da, I'm meant to be this person. I love yeah. it. But like, these are the parts that I don't claim. But yeah. One of the reasons why. I love that. Yeah, because it was interesting. Like I was talking to a friend the other day and she was like, "What? what's in your birth chart that she was kind of saying what's in her birth chart and what that says about her. And she was like, what's in your birth chart that says you're like a psychic and you're meant to do what you're meant to do? And I was like, oh, I don't know. let me check my chart. I Because I don't, like I know about astrology. I've had readings, like, but I don't use that to label me yeah. in a sense of like, oh, because I've got this, that means I'm this. Like, because also we have free will. We I could like have stayed I mean I wouldn't have but really but I could have stayed to be in a hairdresser like I could have you know like and, and lived out my chart in a different way because uh, even that's your chart like there are so many different expressions of it that we can we can manifest and that's our choice isn't it yeah absolutely like the birth chart is infinite amount of possibility mm-hmm. and you know depending on your mission and your purpose it could illuminate even different pathways of how to get there. Mm. But essentially still with the birth chart, you're given a blueprint that you could work with. And it's nice to have, but yeah. again, a free will piece will override that as well. Yeah, exactly. Because it could be like, I know for my, like one of the things that I've talked about in the podcast before and in my book Luna is that understanding my moon sign was just so um, transformative for me. Because again, it makes the unconscious conscious. I it helped me realize what I need to feel supported and loved and and safe. And before, if you don't know that, even though you do know that, <laughs> even though, because sometimes what makes you feel safe and supported, other people think that that's just reckless. Exactly. For example, like... Right, especially the moon Aquarius. (laughs) Yeah, I'm like, I need to go on holiday. I need to get out of here. And my boyfriend is like, because his moon is in Taurus, he's like, we need to stay at home. We need to be sensible and practical. (laughs) I'm like... I just want to be free. (laughs) Yeah, get me out of here. Um, And it's... But when you understand that, it's also thinking like, that's not his job to give me that. 
even though he's Aquarius Sun, like that's not his job to do that for me. How can I give? And I, I think when you're in a relationship, it can be so easy to get into this little trap of thinking that that other person's supposed to give you what you need mm. and all of what you need. Um, and then I think for me, understanding, all right, this is my moon sign. This is his moon sign. This is where we're coming from. Speaking kind of different languages, <laughs> slightly. Yeah. Um, and how can, now I know what I need. How can I give myself that? how can I give myself that? And also how can I communicate in a more conscious way in a more compassionate way rather than like, you never do this. Like you don't understand me <laughs> Like in a yeah. conscious way being yeah. like, this is what I need. It would really help me if you could do that. Yeah. And speaking on that, there's a book that I read recently called spiritual partners. Okay. Who's it um, by? Do you remember? Oh my God. I don't have it, but I could I could tell you. Put yeah. Notes. But yeah. Um, he definitely basically says that in order for us to build conscious relationships, we are going to have to really dig into our own shadows. Mm-hmm. And sometimes our shadows will meet in relationships as well. Mm. But how can you look at it in a more conscious way? And yes, you're going to be triggered. But like, how can you use this moment as a teachable moment mm-hmm. at the yeah. same time? Um, and I also feel like having two birth charts together, you could definitely illuminate the energies and how people are going to interact, the chemistry, yeah. the attract. I love doing relationship charts as well. Do you? Yeah. Oh my God. It's so <laughs> juicy and just like highlights so much. Um, oh, I might have to book us in. Um, yeah. Well, and like, that's the thing that what I've, I've been reading like a book called about like nonviolent communication. Mm. which sound, I feel like this title feels really brutal like nonviolent yeah, communication and it's like it's like but I think because we're like well, are we, am I speaking violently but sometimes again like I was saying like when you say to someone you never do this it is a type of it's it, it, it's an aggressive it can, can be a kind of passive aggressive kind of thing that then triggers something that then becomes like yeah. not violent in the way that we would normally associate it but in a way that creates a reaction that isn't necessarily constructive and can cause pain to other people because it's triggering like their shadows and like in with like nonviolent communication there's kind of like four pillars to it so like one of them is observing so rather than judging and being like you never do this or da da da, da like you observe it so it's like when this happens mm-hmm. I feel, so then you say how it makes you feel and then you say what you need. So you're you're, you're changing what you're saying completely so that you can have that, you know, compassionate conversation Mm. and you're not going to activate them. Yeah, and I think also like, I see people as no matter what age they are, that we're all little children inside, mm-hmm. you know, and a lot of our reactions stem from that little inner child. Mm. And that for me, I already have more compassion. I'm able to extend that compassion more. Yeah. People as well. Um, and even relating it back to your moon sign and understanding the moon, because the moon in astrology is our soul. Like, I think the moon is so fundamental to understand and, that will definitely help you heal and renew and accept the whole mm. world. Mm. And like going back to what you were saying about using astrology to work out like your limiting beliefs, how do you find that out in your birth chart? Yeah, um, depending on, you know, the aspects of the planet, the sign, where it's placed, all of those things. 
Um, if we just take, you know, Moon and Aquarius as a standalone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't want to call it out. But no. <laughs> so we're, we're owning it. <laughs> like a shadow side of that is emotional detachment mm-hmm. because Aquarius is an air sign. Whereas the moon is naturally placed in Cancer, which is a water sign. So the moon and the moon Aquarius is slightly odd, still natural, but odd in mm-hmm. itself. But it's also about, you know, connecting ourselves back to our emotions, grounding ourselves, not being too much in the mind. Because mm-hmm. I think that emotional detachment as a moon and Aquarius is because I'm thinking too much. Mm-hmm. You know? And I'm not really being in my body and feeling yeah. and repressing instead of processing mm. so that's the shadow side and that can create a limiting belief you know of maybe I'm not safe to express my emotions here yeah. with this person so let me just live in my head mm-hmm. yeah 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 and sometimes I think for me when I detach it's also a like protection thing yes in certain okay. situations it's just like yeah and like you said it's like I don't feel safe to speak my needs but also maybe I think what I've been learned, I've started having therapy and I've learned that I'm not very good at voicing my needs. Yeah, yeah. So that, I guess, like you said, that that's the, whether maybe there is the limiting belief for me there where it's like, yeah, like it's not safe to me. For, no one's listened to me before, for example. Yeah. It never matters. But then also maybe I've never or not, haven't kept trying. Mm. It might be, again, like one experience that you're like, right, Right never again yeah. <laughs> they were too busy for me they didn't want to hear it so I'm never going to do it again and then that becomes your limiting belief doesn't it it's like the, the repetitive pattern yeah yeah um, right we recreate and recreate because of that one initial experience that happens mm. and um, even with moon and Aquarius again Aquarius is a very quirky sign you know so I think even emotionally the way I express emotions is not you know is a bit quirky at times but it's also accepting that that's a part of my wholeness and yeah. here I am, you know. But if I don't accept me, I'm going to project that other people don't accept me. Totally. So again, yeah. limiting belief piece there. Yeah. It's like, how can we... And that, that is the thing with mirrors though, isn't it? Things that are going on around us, like everything, it's frustrating because it's like, how is this a mirror? How is that person being so annoying? <laughs> a mirror for me. And it's just like, sometimes it can be quite an abstract thing around what's going on there. Like it's not about their action or like what we're seeing in front of us. There's something about how that's making us feel and then how we're reacting to that or something that they're doing. It's like, I I'm, I can never just do that thing or I can never like do that. And then you, it creates a issue, a shadow and a thing. So easily as well. This, I feel like I could talk to you for hours. Um, to talk about. Oh my I God. know. Um, but like, yeah, I would definitely recommend like anybody that's listening, like, because you do different workshops as well, don't you? So yeah, they can find yeah, out more about this. Definitely. Yeah. I'm going to plan one um, for next month. Um, it probably will be around the dark feminine, the dark mm-hmm. Um So I'll definitely leap you in with that. And they've got, um, you've got your um, Lilith and the Shadow Self book. Yes. As well. Yeah. Um, book available on Amazon. Yeah. Um, if you'd like to read more about your Lilith in your birth chart. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, also understanding how you can activate your Lilith, how she comes out in relationships, the shadow side of your placement, mm-hmm. but also the gifts that your Lilith has to offer you in this lifetime as well. Amazing. And you also you just share like loads of like brilliant stuff on Instagram as well. Like you've got your like videos and yeah, like, yeah. like when the transits are happening and different things are moving through, like you're always like there to share some like really good 
Oh, like you. just like yeah I think a lot I think a lot of what you share is like it invites people just to reflect mm, yeah that reflection piece and I always say like even when it comes to transit sometimes I get messages like oh should I feel like this and I'm like always check in with yourself no matter what kind of transit is going on you know check in with yourself yes um and that's where it starts from. yeah yeah I've done that before <laughs> I've done like um zip, like uh, moon ceremonies like online and people be like how how they're feeling and then like lots of people will be feeling a certain way and then like maybe like quite heavy like the oh, yeah. most recent full moon is got to be ev- like nearly like a lot of people were feeling it and then there were a few people like I feel really good is that okay it's like yes yes, <laughs> like, <laughs> please yes. Do. <laughs> yeah please do because we like can you imagine if everyone just was feeling it like we need that other, like we take it in turns I always feel like it's passing the gauntlet yeah like yeah. I was like it's it's that and again it's our sort of that collective energy we're all supporting each other without realizing absolutely as well yeah. um so the a question that I ask everybody to kind of like wrap up the conversation is like if you could go to another phase and like this could be like a phase in the past to enjoy or to give yourself a message or a phase that you're looking forward to moving forward like what would be your another phase oh another phase um I think it is definitely about in the future definitely keep on being bold and reclaiming all the parts of myself that I feel that I don't fit in and I think it's a very moon and Aquarius type of energy (laughs) not fitting in a very Aquarius vibe because Aquarius it's outside of the box and it Mm -hmm. will always will be and my another phase is continuously accepting that yeah, maybe I might feel like a lone wolf sometimes, but I have a tribe too. Mm-hmm. And that's moon and Aquarius going yeah. back. Well. So yeah. <laughs> it's like moon and Aquarius power. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah, I love that. Like just that phase of just those. And as you're saying that, I'm really seeing like those, the continual phases are like more and more becoming more like new layers and like just expanding into that, whether it's every year or every moon phase. But yeah, I see mm-hmm. that happening for you more and more. I love that. Thank you, babe. Oh. I've so enjoyed this. Yeah. Beaming inside. And <laughs> I can't wait to, to replay this. Yeah, well. I can't wait to share this. I'm really looking forward to it. Thank you so much for being a guest on another phase. Thank you for having me, Han. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Another Phase. I hope that you have found these topics insightful and expansive and that, yeah, you've enjoyed listening to this as much as I have done recording it. You can find me on Instagram at tamaradreesen underscore, as well as my website, which is wolfsister.com. And that is where you can book in with me for a tarot reading, find out about moon ceremonies, events, my books, as well as the podcast show notes and links. If these conversations have been resonating with you and you've got a spare few minutes, then I would really appreciate it if you could head over to Apple Podcasts and show some love for another phase by leaving a rating and a review to let people know what they can expect when they're listening to these conversations. If you haven't already, then make sure that you are subscribed to make sure that you don't miss out on any of the episodes that are coming up. They are released weekly. Thursdays is where it's at, so I will look forward to catching up with you then.